Mayor Kasten, um, May the most historic 2019 Sunday. And uh, I've got a lot of material to cover today, glory to God. Things of God have been dropping in my spirit and then. <clears throat> so uh, let's start let's start in prayer, amen. It's always a good place. As it says in Luke 18, 1, men are always to pray. Stay consistent, keep asking, keep knocking, keep seeking, glory to God. Father, <coughs> Father, I thank you for your word today, Father. I thank you for your precious presence, O oh Lord, that's already with me, Lord God. I thank you, Lord God, for the release of my spirit, amen. I thank you for that anointing that abides in us, Lord God. It does not lie, amen. And we need not that any man teach us, say that anointing will teach us, Lord God. I thank you, Lord God, that my horn shall thou talk like the horn of a unicorn. I shall be anointed with fresh oil. I thank you for the freshness of your word and the freshness of your spirit right now, Father God. I thank you, Lord God, for those that hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled, amen. I thank you, Lord God, in Jesus' name, Father God, that you are not a man that you should lie, neither the son of man that you should repent. For have you said and shall you not do it, and have you spoken it, and shall you not make it good? I thank you, Father, in Jesus' name, for your word is life unto those who find them and help to all their flesh, Lord. May we find your words, Lord Jesus, as it is written, Lord, how you said that man shall not live on bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of the God does man live. Those are the words that we seek to live by, Father God. Those that are war. Those are, the, those are the words that will bring us from faith to faith, from glory to glory, 30, 60, and 100 fold, from grace to grace, glory to God. And in Jesus' name, Father God, we lay hold of that. Holy Ghost, I thank you right now that your presence is with me, amen. And I share your word, Father God, to your people, Lord. And I bless you, Father, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, good morning, Luis Fulcher, fourth. Rogelio Vega, how are you doing, sir? Praise God. Well, I want to start today off with uh, with the word that was shared in the house in Marshall uh, last week. And uh, oddly enough, the, the message today is titled, uh, The Sickness is a Curse, right? So I want to start off with Galatians chapter 3, verse 13. And let me, you know what, let me post the outline before I forget. Hey, Evan Doyle, good morning, sir. All right, so there's the outline. So I want to start out with the scripture, Galatians chapter 3, verse 13. And we're going to be talking about sickness as a curse today, but on the flip side of that is that we're going to cover this uh, particular understanding about the blessings and the curse. So in um, Galatians chapter 3 verse 13 so the scripture says in Galatians 3 13 that Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Right? So the scripture says Christ has redeemed us from, from the curse of the law being made a curse for us for it is written cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree. Well, we know that Jesus Christ died for us. The scripture says in Isaiah 53 that surely he hath borne our sicknesses and carried our diseases and with the stripes we are healed. And we're talking about, like I said, sickness is a curse. And if you look at Isaiah 53, 
If you don't want to look at these verses as I'm going through them, at least try to write them down because there's a lot. You know, God's word is so full, glory to God. So Isaiah 53, verse 4, Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But the scripture says, He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with the stripes we are healed. And all we like sheep have gone astray, and we have turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of his own. Interesting thing about that passage there, all we like sheep have gone astray, is that we're still doing the same thing, going astray. Going astray from the purpose of God, from the word of God, from the will of God, from the way of God, from the work of God. Always thinking we have a better way, always going to the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, right? And the scripture says in Genesis that in the day that you partake of that tree, you're going to die. So, but even so, Jesus has already done this work, amen, 2,000 years ago. And when we say 2,000, we're not specifically talking about 2,000 as a literal. It's just, it's an approximate, right? We don't really know exactly, so to speak. But the point is, is surely he has borne our griefs. In other words, he already did it. He already has been made a curse for us, as it says in Galatians chapter 3 that I was reading out earlier. Let's go back to that. And then it says in verse 14, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Amen. You receive the promise of the Spirit, what the Spirit said to Abraham, all right, because it was God ministering to him through the Spirit, through faith. So we get it through faith. So in Christ Jesus, the promise of God might, we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. That the blessing of the Gentiles might come on us. That the blessings of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, all right? Now, so we understand that, that we receive through faith, amen? And I'm going to make a statement here. This was something Brother Randy said the other, last, last, last uh, Sunday. You don't receive because you believe. You receive not through belief, you receive through faith, an active force of energy that gives you substance and evidence before you begin. You already know that you have something before you start something. That's faith. You already know you have it. So again, the inheritance, what do we have? Verse 18, let's go look at verse 18. Galatians 3, 18. For if the inheritance be of the law, it is no more a promise, but God gave it to Abraham by promise. Amen. God gave it to Abraham by promise. God said it as Abraham, I mean, as recorded of Abraham in Romans chapter 4, verse 20. He staggered not the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. All right? Strong in faith. Amen. Strong in faith toward God. Strong in faith in the Word. Now, I want to look at another scripture in, uh, in Numbers chapter 23, verse 7. Numbers chapter 23, verse 7. I'm laying, up, laying out a little foundation here, amen. The word, the word, the word, amen. As it's, as it's recorded of Abraham that he sought after a city whose founder, whose builder and maker was God. The foundation, in other words, he was looking for a foundation whose builder and maker is God. Now it says foundations, but if you look at the word, it just, it's, it's not plural, so... So look at uh, Numbers chapter 23, verse 7. 
Just laying a little foundation here before I get it going, boy. Praise God. And this is about Balaam, okay? Um, and Balaam, the scripture says, the, as a matter of fact, the New Testament is called the era of Balaam. Balaam sold himself out for hire. In other words, uh, Balak, the king of Moab, as it says in verse 7, had brought me from Aram out of the mountains of the east, saying, Come, curse me, Jacob, and come defy Israel. So, Balak, I'm sorry, Balaam, I'm sorry, Balak hired Balaam to come and curse the people of Israel. And this is what Balaam said. See, Balaam could do nothing but prophesy God, God's word, God's blessings. And this is, how shall I curse when God is not cursed? And how shall I defy when the Lord has not defied? Okay? Another word to say defied is, how can I curse? Okay? And look. Defy means to denounce, denounce, to express indignation, to be indignant, to foam at the mouth, to be enraged. In other words, to be upset with. So the scripture says again, how shall I curse whom the Lord is not cursed? And how shall I defy whom the Lord is not defied? How can I speak evil against this nation if God already said they're blessed? See, because the word of God's are, the word of God is eternal. Okay? The word of God is eternal. Just because God wrote it and it was written and recorded thousands of years ago, hundreds of years ago, does not mean it's not still doesn't have the same impact. It's an eternal thing. Okay? So how shall I curse when the Lord is not cursed, and how shall I defy when the Lord is not defied? How can I speak against what you've already blessed, Father? And on the same token, how can he bless what's cursed? See, if it's already cursed, why are we trying to resurrect something that God is not approving? Right? What is he, where is the world of the walls coming up? What is he saying no to in our lives? And if he's saying no to it, why are we trying to say yes? Why are we trying to push it? I tell you why, because it's a soul man. The soul man wants his way until he's been dealt with by God. Amen. So how shall I curse when the Lord is not cursed, and how shall I defy when the Lord is not defied? Now, let's take a look at Numbers chapter twenty-eight. Numbers chapter. I'm sorry, Deuteronomy. I'm sorry, Deuteronomy twenty-eight. And I'm just laying a small foundation here because of this the outline we're going to talk about. Like I said. A sickness is a curse. So it says in 28.1, And it shall come to pass, if thou shalt hearken, which means listen diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God, to observe and to do all his commandments, which I command you this day, that the Lord thy God will set thee on high above all nations of the earth. Now we understand the scripture says that the things in the Old Testament were, were written for our example, and we understand that the things in the Old the natural, in other words, what happened to them is, is a spiritual understanding for us as Christians today. So, when he's saying that to do all his commandments doesn't mean to go back and follow the letter of the law. Thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife, thou shalt not have any false idols before you, etc., etc. Because when you're living after the Spirit, those things are going to be a part of your life automatically. In other words, after the Spirit, you're going to serve God with your heart and the Spirit. But in the natural, the carnal man, he's the one that gets bent back on the letter of the law, the legal, legalistic view of the word of God. Which the scripture talks about that in the ministration of Moses versus the ministration of Christ. And let me pull that up for you. 
ajuda. Uh, verse 5, 2 Corinthians 35, not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God. Sufficiency is the word. 24, 26, and we strong that it means, why is it this word? Alright, no worries. 2 Corinthians uh, 3, Verse 5, the word sufficient, not that we are sufficient of ourselves. It means enough, able, sufficient in ability. So he's saying not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything of ourselves, but our sufficiency, our, our ability, our faith toward God, our life that we live after the Spirit is of God, who also made us able ministers. Again, that word able is the same word sufficiency equipped, in other words, able to, to, to do what God has required in his word, who has made us able ministers of the New Testament, not of the letter, but, but of the spirit, for the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. Right? The spirit is always going to give life, the letter is always going to kill. The carnal man is going to give death, and the spirit man is going to give life. You're living after yourself, you're, you're, you're death, you're living after the spirit, you're life. Okay? Eternal life. Zoe. Now verse 7. But if the ministration of death written and engraven in stones was glorious, so there was glory there, so that the children of Israel could not steadfastly behold the face of Moses for the glory of his countenance, which glory was going to be done away with, how shall not the ministration of the Spirit be rather glorious? For if the ministration of condemnation be glory much more, that the administration or ministration of righteousness exceed in glory. For even that which was made glorious had no glory in this respect by the reason of the glory that excels. In other words, if you compare the glory of Christ now and living after the Spirit versus what Moses has, the glory that excels Christ over supersedes it. For if that which is done away was glorious, much more that which remains is glorious. So then we have, so, so seeing then that we have such hope, we use great plainness of speech. In other words, we're very bold in the kingdom of God, speak the way of God, the work of God, the will of God, etc. And when, when, it, when we don't, when we have a problem with, like I said, the, uh, when something's out of order and we need to bring dominion by the Spirit, amen, then we, we do that. You know, one of the things that, 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 that sons and daughters are in the kingdom of God is the kingdom of priests. And let me show you that scripture reference. You know, I was meditating on this a little bit. Is that, um, let me see if I can find that. Did I write that one down? Uh, hold on a second. I looked it up earlier and I said I didn't make a reference to it. And I'm going to share this with you because God all along had it in mind to bring forth the nation and the kingdom of priests. In Exodus 19, verse 6. Exodus chapter 19, verse 6. Mm. Exodus 19, verse 6. Mm. 
and ye shall be unto me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words which thou shalt speak unto the children of Israel. So see, all along God had it in mind that we were all going to be priests unto the Lord, servant. But he knew in the law it was never going to be able to be accomplished, right? It was the heretic order, and if you weren't of the order of Aaron, then you couldn't be a priest. But now, glory to God, after the order of Melchizedek, we're kings and we're priests. Kings, we dominate in the spirit. We take the land in the spirit. And as priests of righteousness, because of the blood of Jesus Christ, now we can serve God, and now we can serve one another, and now we can serve humanity, you see? So on both sides, we're serving God, we're serving the people. <clears throat> a holy nation, holy, sanctified, separated unto God, amen? Now, verse 13, 2 Corinthians 3:13, And now as Moses, which put a veil over his face, that the children of Israel could not steadfastly look to the end of that which was abolished. But their minds were blinded, for until this day it remains the same, the veil untaken away in the reading of the Old Testament, which veil is to done away in Christ. But even unto this day, when Moses is read, the veil is upon their hearts. Nevertheless, when it shall turn to the Lord, glory to God, the veil shall be taken away. Now, the Lord is thy spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. In other words, we have freedom to move in the tabernacle, glory to God. When the scripture says, having therefore boldness to enter into the holiest, because of the blood of Jesus Christ has been sprinkled in our hearts, as Hebrews chapter 10, we can now enter into the spirit after the Lord, because of the work that he did and how he certainly preceded us. So we serve in the spirit, amen? And we have liberty in the spirit. We have freedom to move in the tabernacle and serve in the kingdom of God. Not freedom to be carnal, freedom to be spiritual. <laughs> Praise God. All right. I hope you're picking up on this because again, it always gets back, it always gets back to the spiritual versus the carnal. Now I want to read this in Deuteronomy chapter 28. And I'm not, I'm not going to necessarily go over the scriptures because I bullet, bullet pointed them. I'm going to read this in Deuteronomy 28. And like I said, the curse, Jesus Christ has made a curse for us. And we don't have to be under the curse anymore in Christ. Amen. We've been, we've been delivered from the kingdom of darkness into the, into, from the dominion of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son, which is Jesus Christ. Amen. You understand that? We're not under the law. We're not under the dominion of Satan. We're under the dominion of Christ. Amen. And as, the, as under the dominion of Christ, we are priests unto the Lord, priests unto the people, and we're kings of righteousness. The order of Melchizedek. Melech means king. Zedek means righteous. Okay? Now, this is Deuteronomy 28, and I'm not going to read the scriptures. I'm just going to bullet point the sections where it talks about how we're blessed. So it says, God will set thee on high above all the nations of the earth. Verse, I'm sorry. And it shall come to pass, verse 1, If thou shalt hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God to observe to do all his commandments which I command thee this day, that God will set us up on high above all nations of the earth. All these blessings shall come on thee and overtake thee, if thou shalt hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God. And where do we listen for that voice? We listen to it in our spirit. We hear it after the spirit. That's why I made the statement about faith a while ago, is that you don't receive because you believe. You receive not through belief. You receive through faith, an active force of energy that gives you substance and evidence before you begin. You already know that you have something before you start something. And that's faith. You already know you have it. And that's what I'm saying here is that you receive this by faith. Surely he has. He already provided all this for us. All right. 
So it says now, all these blessings shall come upon thee. Blessed shalt thou be in the city. Blessed shalt thou be in the field. Blessed shall be the fruit of thy body. That means the product that's produced out of your body is blessed, glory to God. Blessed shall be the fruit of thy ground. Everything you put in the ground is going to come up, glory to God. Blessed shall be the fruit of thy cattle, the increase of thy kind, and thy flocks of thy sheep. In other words, if you've got animals, if you're herding animals, if you have chickens and ducks and all these things as in a farm, you're going to, all these animals are going to be blessed. Blessed shall be the basket of thy store. Blessed shall thou be when thou come in, and blessed shall thou be when thou goest out. The Lord shall cause thine enemies to rise against, rise against thee to be smitten before thy face. They shall come against thee one way and flee before you seven. And I'm not talking about enemies, okay? brothers and sisters or people i'm talking about demonic spirits okay those are the enemies okay now the lord shall command the blessing upon thee in thy storehouses and in all that thou settest thine hand unto and he shall bless thee in the land which the lord thy god gives you why because we are diligently hearkening to the voice of the lord the lord will establish thee and holy people unto himself as he has sworn unto thee if thou shalt keep the commandments of the Lord thy God and walk in all his ways. Okay, there it was, 19.6. So his goal, Exodus 19.6, I read that earlier, was that we were going to be a kingdom of priests, a nation. How does it say? I'm sorry. We'll go look at it. Exodus 19.6. And, and ye shall be unto me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words which thou shalt speak unto the children of Israel. So we're going to be a kingdom of priests. And a holy nation unto the Lord, amen. That's his goal. He's trying to unify us, amen, as a body of Christ. Because as a body of Christ, the, the force of God, the angel of God, the assistance of angelic activity and so on and so on, is what is behind us, performing the word. The scripture says that they hearken to the voice of God, they listen, they excel in strength, they hearken to his voice, and they do his commandments. Well, where are the commandments of God? They're coming out of your mouth and out of my mouth. Amen. They, they shall see that we are blessed. And all the people of the earth shall see that they are called by the name of the Lord. There's going to be a distinction here. And they shall be afraid of thee. Not, not afraid of thee that, they're, that, they're, that they cower down. They're out of respect and honor. Amen. And the Lord shall make thee plenteous in goods and in the fruit of thy body and in the fruit of thy cattle and the fruit of thy ground in the land. The Lord shall open unto thee his good treasure. The heaven to give the rain upon the land in the season and to bless all the work of thine hand. And thou shalt learn, lend unto many nations and shall not borrow. And the Lord shall take the head, make thee the head and not the tail. Thou shalt be above only and thou shalt not beneath. And if thou shalt hearken unto the commandments of the Lord thy God, which I command thee this day to observe and to do them. And thou shalt not go aside from the words which I command thee this day to do to the right or to the left or to go up to other gods to serve them. Okay? So, again, the blessing of God is on our lives. How can anybody speak against you and, and that word be fulfilled when God has already spoken the blessing? Listen to this scripture. This is in uh, another verse for you here. Uh, Psalms 112 verse 7, it says, He shall not be afraid of evil tidings. His heart is fixed, trusting in the Lord. Now that brings me to mind is that no matter what's going on in your circumstances and situations in life, in your family life, in your personal life in, in the lives of your brothers and sisters, you've got to maintain what the word says, not what the circumstance says. You must maintain constancy, constant, constant, constant in the word of God. The scripture says in Luke 21, 19, in your patience possess you your souls. 
Patience is the Greek word hupomene, which means constancy, consistency, faithfulness, reliability. It's the word fidel, F-I-D-E-L, which means you're faithful. Understand? So you must maintain your profession, your confession, your profession, confession, the scripture, in Hebrews chapter 3, what, verse 1. Hebrews chapter 3 verse 1 if you do what the word says where it says wherefore holy brethren partakers of the heavenly calling consider the apostle and high priest of our profession Jesus Christ profession is the Greek word homologia which means to speak the same as the word or acknowledge the word and let it come out of your mouth and then it says consider the apostle and high priest of our profession Jesus Christ you need to take a look at what Christ went through and we need to follow the pattern. He's already done it, and therefore, we walk after the pattern. We walk after Christ, amen? He is the pattern. So, again, um, in verse 2, it says, He's faithful, who was faithful to him that appointed him, as also Moses was faithful also in his house. So, Jesus Christ is faithful, amen, to watch over his word and perform as the scripture says. And he's faithful over your life. Now I want to show you another scripture, 1 Thessalonians 5, 23. We always quote this scripture, but I, I was real precious. I remember when I was studying, what was I looking at? Well, it's this scripture that says in 1 Thessalonians 5, 23, and the very God of peace sanctify you wholly, W-H-O-L-L-Y, which means completeness. And I pray God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now what's this? Verse 24. Faithful is he that calleth you, who also will do it. Do what? Sanctify you. In other words, by the Spirit, Christ is going to sanctify you, and it's going to come forth out of your spirit. You understand? He's doing the work. It's not a credit. It's not something that, as the Scripture says in Ephesians chapter 2, for by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. You see? Not by works to send anybody should boast. Once again, it's not something that you're doing. It's something that he already did. But you have to maintain your confession, your homologia, speak the same as the word, as the word says it already is. Not what you're experiencing, what you're going through. Okay? Now, back to my notes here. But it shall come to pass that thou shalt not hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God to observe, to do all his commandments and his statutes, which I command thee this day, that all these curses shall come upon thee and overtake thee. Whew, man. And praise God, I don't want to walk around cursed. You know what I mean? I don't want sickness. I don't want disease. I don't want poverty. These are all part of our inheritance. It's what the enemy seeks to constantly take from us. And remember, he's a thief. Romans John 10, 10. The thief cometh not, but for to steal, kill, destroy. But Jesus said, I am come, that they might have eternal Zoe. Not Zoe, life of God eternally somewhere in the future, right now, because this word is eternal. Eternally moving in the life and the presence of God. Eternally hearing after the Lord in your spirit. Eternally seeing the words of God out of your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. Amen? All right. So again, how can anything be cursed that's already blessed? If you're in Christ, you're blessed. Amen? Now, Let's get into our text here. And again, I read a little bit of Deuteronomy 28, 15, verse 22 through 22. And then if you look at all these scriptures, uh, it, it relates to us that anything that, in other words, 
you're cursed because you're separated from God. You, you've went on your own and made a decision to go a certain direction that God didn't honor or bless. In the Bible, sickness comes under the heading curse. Evil allowed because of disobedience. So in other words, when we disobey and separate ourselves from God, God can't go with us with the, in that situation. You understand? He's not going to go with you, okay, in, in that place of a situation where you're going outside of the Word of God, period. And remember, there's only two ways that we enter into temptation. We fall or we enter. The Scripture says in Matthew 26, um, watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. The Spirit is willing to watch, but the flesh is weak. If you let the flesh overtake you, then you're going to lose oversight of your soul. That is your spirit man, in other words, loses oversight because your carnal man took over. And then so the other thing is in James, it says, count out joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. That word patience is the same word in Luke 21, 19, in your patience possess your soul, and that's the word hupomene, constancy. Stay constant in the word of God. Stay constant following after your spirit. Take heed to your spirit, amen. As the scripture says, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief to depart from the living God. When you depart, you're moving in, 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 in an evil heart. You're moving and separating yourself from God. All right? So now, Isaiah 45, verse 7. Take a look at that. Isaiah 45, verse 7. Praise God. Isaiah 45, verse 7. I form the light and create the darkness. I make peace and create evil. I, the Lord, do all these things. What it's showing us here is that it's it's allowed because we're walking out after the Lord, after the Spirit. You see, you're walking in your own carnality. Do you understand? This is why this these things uh, happen. All right. Uh, let's see here. Let's take a look at something here. Mm, all right, Amos chapter 3, verse 6. Amos chapter 3, verse 6. Shall a trumpet be blown in the city and the people not be afraid? Shall there be evil in a city and the Lord hath not done it? Surely the Lord God will do nothing, but he reveals his secrets unto his servants and prophets. You understand? So God is speaking, God is revealing, and but we're we're the ones that have to listen to what God is saying in this hour. And and and, and God is constantly speaking on that word of sanctification in our lives. It's important in maintaining a relationship with God. If you go out and get yourself unclean, then then uh, you're on your own. First Samuel 16, but praise God, He's gracious enough to receive us back. Amen. Okay, 1 Samuel 16, 14. But the spirit of the Lord departed from Saul, and an evil spirit from the Lord troubled him. It was allowed to come on his line because Saul is separated himself away from God. Why is sickness considered a curse? Disease is disorder in the body, the temple of God. 1 Corinthians 16, 19, and 20. 
1 Corinthians 16, 19 and 20. First Corinthians six, is that what I said? Yeah. First Corinthians six, nineteen twenty. What know ye not that your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you, which you have of God and not and you are not your own, for you are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Amen. There's nothing that needs to be elaborated there. Amen. First Corinthians 4, 14, 33. For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace, as in all churches of the saints. And confusion is instability, a state of disorder, disturbance, confusion. God is not the author of that. If you're walking around and you're in your life and, you're, and there's confusion and, and, and there's a lot of chaos and disorder, it's basically a lack of representation of what God's Word tells us and teaches us and has showed us. And that's why we must stay, maintain oversight of that soul man. The spirit is willing to watch and pray, but the soul man, the carnal man, he wants to check out and do his own thing. That's why, as Jesus said, if you do not deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me, you can't be his disciple. No, and that's not a, uh, the first part of that is, is is a direct quote, but the second part you can't be disciple. In other words, you're you're lacking discipline. You see, you're in a state of confusion. You're you're out of order. In other words, Ooh. look at this Deuteronomy thirteen eighteen and twenty. Deuteronomy 32, 18 and 20, 18 through 20. Of the rock that begat thee, thou art unmindful, and have forgotten God that formed thee. And when the Lord saw it, he, he, he abhorred them because of the provoking of his sons and of his daughters. And he said, I will hide my face from them. I will hide my face from them. I will see what their end shall be, for they are a very forward generation, children in whom is no faith. If you're walking around trying to make this happen on your own, if you're walking around in mental ascent in your life, in other words, confessing the word but not being released by your spirit man with breath on it, the life of God that is, then the scripture says you're a generation that's forward. And God is hiding his face. In other words, he can't move without faith toward God that is, that is initiated by your spirit. John 6, 63. It is the spirit that quickeneth, the flesh profiteth nothing. The words, the rhemas that I speak unto you, they are pneuma, spirit, and they are zoe, life. You understand? It will not come to pass if it's coming out of your soul, man, from mental sin. And he said, in verse 21, they have moved me to jealousy, but that which was not God. So you moved yourself away from God, basically, on your own. They have provoked me to anger with their vanities, and I will move them to jealousy with those things which are not a people. With those which are not a people, I will provoke them to anger with the foolish nation. Guess what? Who do you think the foolish nation is? It's the children of God right now, after Christ. This is the nation that God is going to provoke 
the ones that he originally gave the word to, which was the Jews in the natural. So glory to God. There's a lot more glory coming to the body of Christ and the revealing of Christ in our lives, amen. But it's not going to come through you living for yourself. It's going to come through Christ in you, the hope of glory, amen. Mm. 29 and 30. This whole chapter, Deuteronomy 32, is highly enlightening. 29 30. Oh, that they were wise and they understood this, that they would consider their latter end. How shall one chase a thousand and two put ten thousand to flight except the rock had sold them and the Lord has shut them up? If you look at the latter part of that uh, passage there, and the rock had sold them and the Lord has shut them up. In other words, you see, because when you move out of, out of uh, when you move away from God on your own, you're moving away from the power and the authority that you have in Christ Jesus. And therefore, when you pray, it's going to fall dead to the ground. When you bind and loose, it's not going to go anywhere. Right? And so, now let's take a look at verse 36. And I'll just skip a little of this. For the Lord shall judge his people and repent himself for his servants. When he sees that their power is gone and there is none shut up or left. The word shut up means to restrain, to bind. And the word left means to loose. So there was no one to bind and no one to loose. And it repented God. But when it turns back to the Lord, when we turn back to God, all of a sudden we're back in right standing with God. We are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Now your prayers are being heard. Now the angels of God are moving and hearkening to the voice of God because of the word of the Lord that's going forth out of your mouth. Now, understand, now all this is happening. Now because you're an authority of Christ, angels of God are sending and descending glory to God. Relationship has been reestablished back with the Father, amen. Now there's peace again, glory to God. Your Father now can release the, out of your spirit, man, the life by the presence of God, by the Holy Ghost, amen. Now, because you restored yourself back unto the Lord by the Spirit. <laughs> All right, so sickness and disease are a thief, amen. The scripture says in John 10, 10, the thief cometh not before to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But Jesus said, I am come that they might have Zoe and have it more abundant Zoe. Zoe all the time, glory God. The life of God, the presence of God, the tabernacle that's in your spirit, man, speaking forth all the time, glory to God. All the time bringing direction, bringing healing, bringing power. I encourage all of you to stay sensitive to God. Have a sensitivity and awareness and an expectation that God will move. Because of your faith toward God. Amen. In his word. So what is the source of sickness? So in other words, check upstream. Before the fall, there was no sickness. We see it after the fall. Romans 5, 12. Mm. Romans chapter 5, verse 12. Wherefore, as by one man sinner, sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for all for that all have sinned. Because mm. of one man, Adam. All are considered sinners. You know, man, praise God, when the truth of the word God, word God hits you, glory to God. You ever seen those pictures with a cross and uh, and uh, and there's someone bowing down in front of it, glory to God, when you surrender when you're tired of doing it your way, glory to God, man, all of a sudden the favor of God, the promotion of God, the exaltation of God, 
As the scripture says, promotion comes not from the east, from the west, from the, from the south. What does that mean? It comes from God, glory to God. Amen. All of a sudden, glory to God, the favor and the blessing of God in our lives. Sin was a doorway to death. Sickness is death in its premature stages. There is always a connection between sin and death. Ooh. Romans chapter 8, verse 20. Romans chapter 8, verse 20. For the creature or creation was made subject to vanity, not willingly, but by reason of him who was subjected in hope. See, they didn't willingly, we didn't willingly subject ourselves, but because of Adam, we are all subject to sin and death now. Sickness and disease is not the will of God for his people. The scripture says, James 1.13, let no man say, when he is tempted, I am tempted with God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempts any man. When you hear people saying that, that God, uh, God has brought me through this because to try to teach me something, that's not how God operates. God wants us to step out of faith toward God always and proclaim what the Word of God says about our lives and what He's already said in our lives. Surely He has. He has. Not what our circumstances, etc., etc., etc. So let's take a, roll, a look at uh, Hebrews chapter 8, verse 6. But now hath he obtained a more excellent ministry, by how much also he is the mediator of a better covenant, which was established upon better promises. Glory to God. Thank God for the better promises. Amen. Oh, my God. 1 John 3, 8. He that committed sin is of the devil. For the devil sins from the beginning. For this purpose the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. You see... The purpose of God is to destroy the works of the devil, the order of first things. Once he gets you re restored and reestablished and strengthened you, then you can strengthen your brethren. That's the reason we're blessed, so we can bless others, not so we can hoard it upon ourselves. Amen? So we need to understand that the purpose of God is always to eradicate the, wor eradicate the words of Satan, the words of the devil. All that corruptible seed that's in our lives has to be rooted out. And the only way it's going to Root out is to replace that seed with incorruptible seed, which is the Word of God, which lives and abides forever. I want to share a story here about the blessing of God, and uh, I'm gonna. I want to go to First Corinthians chapter twelve. First Corinthians chapter twelve, and it's interesting to me that as much as as much as we have now with the Word of God and, and, and God sending forth His teachers to teach us the right order to the Word of God, that we still get confused about 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And it's interesting to me because there's nine different Greek words for the word gift in the New Testament. Nine different Greek words. And so when we loosely say, you know, covet earnestly the best gifts, well, uh, I have news for you is that the word gifts there is charismas, and he was referring to charismas of healing in the pre previous verse. 
I'm going to list to you right here the, the name. I'm just going to list them out. Doma, Dosis, Dorea, Dorema, Doran, Caris, Charisma, Marismos, Anathema. Those are nine separate words that are different Greek words in the scriptures for the word gift. So we can't just flippantly say that 1 Corinthians 12 is talking about gifts, which is not. Verse 1, now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. Gifts is italicized. When you see a word in the King James Version that's been italicized, it means it wasn't a part of the original text. You understand? So, so you have to look at it. At, now, they added the words in some places for emphasis, and it makes a lot of sense, but in this case, it totally confused the body of Christ. And Paul was really concerned about ignorance. Ignorant, ignorant here means that you ignore because you don't think you're inclined to go that way. Right? 1 Corinthians 12, 1. That's what I'm reading now. It says, not to know through lack of information or intelligence by implication in the strongest definition to ignore through disinclination. In other words, because you don't think you're inclined to go in a certain, certain direction, you won't go in that direction. I'm going to show you another place where that word is used again. Same same type of uh, situation here. 1 Corinthians 14, 1. It says, follow after charity, which is the Greek word agape, and desire, which means earnestly crave spiritual, but rather that you may prophesy. Gifts is italicized again. So he's saying crave spirituals, crave crave." The life of the spirit. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Right? So if you don't know what the word of God is saying about spirituals, how in the world are you going to be able to worship God in spirit and truth? You can't do it. Man. Verse 12, 14, 12, look at this one. Even so, Ye, for as much as ye are zealous of spiritual, seek that you may excel to the edifying of the church. Again, the word gifts is added here, and it's italicized, and it, and it totally confuses the situation. He's not talking about spiritual gifts. He's talking about the whole gamut, the whole spectrum of spirituals. And, and, the, and, and the body of Christ has a perception or understanding that he's only talking about the nine manifestations of verse uh, chapter 12, 1 Corinthians 12. And what's interesting is this, about this is that in verse 2, again, he's still talking spirituals. You know that you were Gentiles carried away unto these dumb idols even as you were led. In other words, Paul's saying you've been listening to dumb idols all this time. You thought you were working spirituals. But because of your ignorance of the word of God and not understanding what God's word is truly telling us here, you've been listening to dumb idols. And as, 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 as the statement is made in the, in the series that Brother Randy did in 1985 concerning Demonticles, why in the world would we even listen to them? They're not intelligent. And then he says in verse 3, 4, For I give you to understand that no man speaking by the Spirit calleth Jesus a curse, and that no man can say that Jesus is Lord but by the Holy Ghost. You can't even acknowledge the Lordship of Jesus Christ without the Holy Spirit. It won't come to you. The Spirit of God has to reveal these things to you. Now, Chapter, verse 4. You just got a few minutes here, but I don't I have enough time. I'm going to share a little story with you, but I got to lay a little foundation. 
verse 4, there are diversities of gifts, but the same spirit. Now, the word diversities in verse 4, verse 5, and verse 6, verse 5, it's differences. And again, in verse 6, it's diversities. It's the same Greek word, which means different. There are diversities of gifts, but the same spirit. That word gifts is rightly translated in verse 4. It means charisma. It's the Greek word charisma. Charismas. There's seven charismas in Romans chapter 12. And uh, <clears throat> so he's rightly dividing this because if you go, go look at Romans chapter 12. Right. If we take a look at Romans chapter 12. I mean, sorry, Roman, yeah, Romans chapter 12. I'm rushing through this, but. Verse 6, 12, 6. Having then gifts, charismas, different according to the grace that is given unto us, where the prophecy. Let us prophesy according to the portion of faith. So that's number one. Or ministry, let us wait on our ministry. That's number two. Or teacheth on teaching. That's number three. Or he that exhorteth on exhortation. That's number four. He that giveth. That's number five. Let him do it with simplicity. He that ruleth is number six. And he that showeth mercy is number seven. Seven charisma, seven gifts of the Spirit. Those are rightly classified as gifts of the Spirit. Because they're after the Spirit. And every one of us has charismas. Okay? And hopefully soon we'll get into these, but right now I'm just going to briefly highlight them. And there are diverse differences of administrations, but the same Lord. Now we're going to highlight another word gift in Ephesians chapter 4. Verse 7, but unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure, the metron of, of the doma of Christ. The Greek word gift there is doma. Doma means to make a gift of a gift. Jesus Christ will give him part of himself to a man. And there's a reason why God stated it this way by, through Paul. He gives himself to a man as an apostle, prophet, evangelist, shepherd, teacher. Shepherd is pastor. Only used one time here in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 11. But all the other time is shepherd, which means poimeno. And what a poimeno, anyway. And then it says, uh, he gave gifts unto men. Gifts is the word doma, which means to make a gift of a gift. He takes himself and parts himself unto that man, and then he prepares him and equips him and gives him back to the people, that man that's been equipped and trained and disciplined and brought up through the right order, not a novice. The scriptures have never put a novice in the ministry of service, serving the people. And, and again, uh, so he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some shepherds, some teachers. He gave these domas unto men for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. So we see that the purpose is to edify the people, not for you to build a ministry on. Hello. And another thing about this too is that when you look at the word men, it's the Greek word anthropos, A-N-T-H-R-O-P-O-S, which we'll work at anthropology. And it comes from two words, 435, which is an air, which is with reference of sex to a male of a husband, okay, a man. And then the, the 3700 is the word to, be, to look at, to behold. And it says to gaze. So in other words, a man, as it says in the definition for that word, anthropos, man face. And it doesn't mean just anybody, it means specifically a male. When the scripture says Jesus, the son of man, it's the word, this same Greek word. So he's not just talking about any, 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 anybody. He's not saying male or female. He's just saying male. 
man. So, back to what I'm going to get to here again. So there are the diversity six. So you got, so far you've got seven charismas, you've got five domes, which is 12. Now, and then he says, there are diversities of operations for the same God. So if you look at verse four, he's talking about the spirit. Look at verse five, he's talking about the Lord Jesus. And look at verse six, he's talking about the God. He's talking these three areas and he's saying they're all spirituals. So, so far we've got 12, we've got seven charismas, five domas, and then now we've got God that works it all in all. And then he says, but, so in other words, what I just said about charismas and about the administrations of the Lord, now I'm going to talk about the manifestation. In conjunction to what I just said, but, I'm going to talk about the manifestation of the Spirit. And the word manifestation, it means exhibition. And when you follow the, the Greek words that make up this word, all the way back down the road, it's four different Greek words, it comes from the word phos, which means light. Every time there's light, and it's always a time of worship many times. There'll be that nice calmness and peace, and all of a sudden, glory to God, the Holy Ghost starts revealing. Manifestation of the Spirit, Phaneros, light is being revealed. And so the other, and he's doing it one of nine different ways. It's one manifestation, nine different ways. It's not nine manifestations. Understand that? And he tells you what they are. One is given by the Spirit. And well, first of all, they're given for everyone to profit with all. They're given to every man to profit with all. In other words, he's saying that it's given to each and every one of us for all of us to profit. Not that it's given at any time to anyone. Now you may recognize how the Holy Ghost works with you, okay? But that doesn't mean that you can willy-nilly do it anytime you want. There has to be the Holy Ghost, okay? And that right there gets into another teaching called Galatians, Anti Coriego, Galatians 3 verse 5. He therefore that ministered to you the Spirit and worketh miracles among you, doeth ye by the works of the law, by the hearing of faith. So the word, he therefore that ministered is the word epicoriego. Epicoriego means a dance. And the instructor of this dance is the Holy Ghost. And we've got to follow him by faith. It says, he therefore that ministered to you the Spirit and worketh, energizes miracles, dunamis among you, does he by the work of the law or by the hearing of faith? It's faith toward God. If the word is there, there's going to be the spirit there and there's going to be power there. The dunamis. As a matter of fact, the scripture says Jesus could do no dunamis because of their unbelief. Unbelief is a pistol, which means no faith. They didn't have the faith of the word of God to be able to stand on the authority of the word of God. And therefore, he couldn't release the spirit. He couldn't release the power out of the spirit, man. So, for the one is given by the spirit, the word of wisdom, number one. Word of knowledge, number two. Faith, number three. To another, gifts of healing, charisma, that word charisma of healing, many, many, many different ways that he brings healing. By the same spirit, to another, working of miracles, dunamis, working of power. To another, prophecy, number six. To another, discerning spirit, number seven. To another, tongues, number eight. And to another, interpretation of tongues, number nine. But all these work that self-same spirit. Okay, that's the spirit that's working, dividing, self-divided, divided separate to all as he will. Not divided by giving, but but allowing that word, that life to be manifested to severally, to all of us. And let me tell you something. Spirituals do not work in carnal Christians. Boom. So now the other night during the service, I had a word of knowledge. And I don't necessarily uh, uh, move in that. I never have word of knowledge like that. So <clears throat> this was a Wednesday night service. This would have been on, what date was that? I'm going to get it right here. 
Go to bed on the 27th, Wednesday the 27th, all right? So uh, I was uh, I was at my, I was sitting there in the pew, and we were worshiping, and it was a precious, precious present to God, amen, present to God. And I sat down, and I was praying, praise God, just worshiping, and then all of a sudden I felt this weird feeling, this weakness hit my legs, my thighs, both of them. And I said, Lord, what is this? And then I stood up, and I still felt, felt kind of weak in my legs, and I kind of stumbled a little. And I said, man, this must be a word of knowledge, you know. And I said, Father, can you show me again? It just kind of came in the past, right? So then I said, this has to be a manifestation of the Spirit. So I, I said, i got to move by faith, amen. I don't care what anybody says or thinks, or what if I miss it? I don't care. I would consider all that. So I went up out the aisle there and I went up front there and I asked Brother Joe, I said, Brother Joe, I have a word of knowledge. And he said, okay. So I just sat there in the front, kind of next to him, one chair over, and we were just worshiping God, praising God. And then all of a sudden, you know, he introduced me and said, this is Brother Joseph and he has a word of knowledge. And I shared the word of knowledge about somebody's thighs are bothering them and you're having trouble walking and you're stumbling. And at first, you know, I was asking the people, you know, come on. I mean, I didn't ask them specifically, come on up. Okay, I just said, it's received it by faith. And then Brother Joe says, if anybody's experiencing that word of knowledge, y'all come on up here. And man, I saw one guy that was back there on the booth uh, doing the sound, and he immediately, you know, got himself together and came up. And then another sister came up. And I'm not sure which ones of the other ones came up. What I mean by that is which ones of the other ones that needed prayer for that specific issue. But... I know there was, there must have been at least five because there was about 10 people gathered when I, I prayed for the, started praying for this one lady and, and I just prayed for the release of the spirit, amen. I said, do you believe that Jesus Christ is the healer? She said, yes. And I just moved my faith in the word of God. And then, and I closed my eyes and then all of a sudden, when I opened my eyes, there was about 10 people around us, you know. So I didn't, I didn't specifically know how many people had that issue in their lives. The point is that the word of knowledge came forth. And by the Holy Ghost, people were ministered to. And all for the glory of Jesus Christ, not for the glory of Joseph. And what's interesting about that is, is that, again, these do not work. You cannot move in the Spirit if you're a carnal Christian. Well, it's not even technically right, carnal Christian. It's just saying you're carnal. So I just wanted to encourage the body of Christ is that Jesus Christ is alive. Jesus Christ is the healer, glory to God. And he's still performing miracles. I don't care what anybody tells me. You can never take the experience of someone away, glory to God. As a matter of fact, the other day I was going to get a haircut, which was yesterday, man. And I felt all of a sudden, I felt this, this, this tingling sensation in my arm, under my armpit there. And I knew there was somebody in that area that needed this. And I was driving, mind you. And I was almost there at this place where I go to get a haircut. And, you know, I should have, uh, sadly enough, I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't able to find the individual, you know, and, and I kept asking the Lord, is that, him? is that him? Is that him? And maybe he wanted me to go to that little store next door, but I didn't. So, you know, praise God, there's grace, amen. And the grace of God is always in our lives, amen. If we mess up, glory to God, he's able to restore us, amen. So I'm just telling you that, that God is on the move right now, and he's moving, and we must have faith toward God in his word. And praise God, we're not under the curse if you're in Christ. We're under the blessing because what God has blessed, no man can curse.
Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you, Lord God, for this word of the Lord that's gone forth. I thank you for your spirit and how you're ministering to us, to, how you're ministering your word to us in our spirits, and how you're teaching us and how you're training us, Father God. I thank you, Lord God, for the many hearts that are going to hear this message, Father, by the Spirit, and how they're going to hear it and see it and latch on to it, Father God, and want to follow hard after spirituals, Father. I thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness and your word, Father, and I thank you, Lord God, that you bless us and that we are not cursed, Lord God, and we don't have to listen to the enemy and his and his uh, negative words against us. As it is written in your word, Lord of God, Lord of God, in Jesus' name, as, as it is written in your word, no weapon that has been formed against us shall prosper. Every evil, wicked tongue that's risen up against us, we condemn it in judgment. For this is the heritage of the servants of the Lord and their righteousnesses of me, says God. We're righteous by the blood of Jesus. We have access to your throne. He that comes to you, God, must believe that you are and that you are a rewarder of those who diligently seek you. I thank you right now, Lord God, for this time. I thank you for your precious presence, Father God. I bless you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ.